Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for today. Thank you for your loving kindness. Thank you for your presence that is always with us. Thank you for your mercies that are new every morning. Thank you for your great grace that upholds us, O God. And thank you, everlasting Father, for just just um, making helping us to do all that we need to do. And Father, Lord God Almighty, we thank you for today, Bank Holiday. Thank you for rest. And um, we're asking, Lord, as we gather again this evening, that you just please superintend our discussions. Holy Spirit, we come to you once again. You are our teacher. You are the one that reveals the mind of God. You're the one that reveals Jesus to us. And we ask you, please, to come and do the same as you teach us this evening. Blessed be your holy name. We give you honor and glory. In Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, once again, good evening, everyone. Great to see you. And thank you for taking time out of your bank holiday to join the Bible study this evening. Um, we, uh, we were looking at the life of Joseph. Um, very interesting story. We started from chapter 37. That gave us a bit of a back, backdrop. And, and I'll summarize in a second. Then looked at chapters 39 and 40 last week. Now, I'd said last week we'd try and do the rest, which would be 41 to 50, but just reading again and studying, realized there was quite a lot. So we'll just look at uh, chapters 41 to 44. Um, even that is quite a bit. And then we'll end next week, by God's grace, um, 45 to 50. Um, just, just to give a, a backdrop, and particularly for the benefit of um, anyone that was not uh, around with us before. So th this whole story started with a 17-year-old boy. And I, I, like I keep saying, it's important to bear that in mind. 17-year-old boy. The Bible tells us he's his father's favorite. Um, probably spoiled at home. Um, but then he was hated by his brothers, jealous of the coat that his father gave him. Yeah, so um, they plotted to kill him, eventually sold him to Ishmaelite traders who brought him to uh, Egypt. He was bought by Potiphar, uh, the captain of Pharaoh's guard, and was serving Potiphar dutifully until sometime later, and this must have been about 10 years into his serving Potiphar. Um, Potiphar's wife took interest in him, tried to sleep with him. He runs away. Uh, she accuses him, and Potiphar, out of initial anger, throws him into the prison. Whilst he's in prison, two of Pharaoh's uh, officials, the butler and the, uh, and the uh, baker, uh, offended Pharaoh. They were thrown in prison as well, and uh, Joseph interprets their dreams. He, uh, chapter 40 ends by him saying to the butler, I know this dream is true, it's going to come true, and it did come true. And he said to him, please remember me to Pharaoh. In his words, he says, let him know that I was kidnapped by my brothers and brought into this place. And that's how we ended 
chapter 40. Now, uh, chapter 41 is 57 verses, and I thought it would take us quite a while to read chapter 41. So I'm just going to paraphrase. I hope you've read um, these chapters. It would, it would make things a lot easier. So chapter one, 41 starts by saying, two full years later, and that, that's very instructive. Let's bear that in mind. It says, two full years later, Pharaoh dreamed, and his dream, um, as you, you know, the first dream that there were seven very fat calves came out of the Nile, and then immediately after, seven very thin cows came out and swallowed the, 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 the fat cows. And it was like they hadn't even eaten anything at all. He woke up, startled, and then slept and had another dream. And the second dream, seven uh, fat uh, heads of grain, and then seven scrawny heads of grain came and swallowed them up. And he's disturbed. His, his magicians come around. He calls them to say, Interpret, interpret this dream. They can't, of course. And then it's at that point, I think it's verse 9, he says, finally, the king's chief cupbearer spoke up. Today I've been reminded of my failure. He then told Pharaoh how he was in prison too, two years before, and this young boy interpreted this dream. So Pharaoh promptly sent for, verse 14, it says, Pharaoh sent for Joseph at once, and he was quickly brought from the prison. Um, it's instructive. I will highlight things that I want us to discuss as, as, I par, uh, as I just summarize the story. In verse 14, it says, after he shaved and changed his clothes, he went and stood before Pharaoh. And then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream last night, and then tells Joseph the dream. And then um, um, in, in verse 25, it says, Joseph responded, both of Pharaoh's dreams mean the same thing. God is telling Pharaoh in advance what he's about to do, and then goes to interpret the dream, saying that the, the, the seven healthy cows and the seven good heads of grain signify seven years of prosperity. But immediately after that, there will be seven years of uh, famine. And he says it'll be quite a severe one for that matter. Um, and he says this will happen exactly as I've predicted. Um, one thing that I actually should say is that when, when Pharaoh said to him, can you interpret this, these dreams? He gives credit to God. He says that it is, it is up to God to interpret dreams. Okay, we'll come back to all those. Anyway, um, so he finishes telling Pharaoh and then Pharaoh says, let me pick up from verse 33. Um, sorry, he says to Pharaoh, therefore you should find an intelligent and wise man and put him in charge of the entire land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh should appoint supervisors over the land and let them collect one-fifth of all the crops during the seven good years. Have them gather all the food produced in the good years that are just ahead and bring it to Pharaoh's storehouses. Store it away so there'll be food in the cities. That way there'll be enough food to eat over the seven years of the famine. Verse 37, Joseph's suggestions were well received by Pharaoh and his officials. Very interesting. We'll come to that. So Pharaoh asked his officials, can we find anyone else like this man, so obviously filled with the spirit of God? And so Pharaoh says to Joseph, since God has revealed the meaning of these dreams to you, clearly no one else is as intelligent or wise as you. Please, please note all these things that I'm emphasizing. Um, so he says, you will be in charge of my court and all my people will take orders from you. 
only I sitting on my throne will have a rank higher than yours. And then Pharaoh says to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the entire land of Egypt. He more or less repeats himself. He removes his signet ring, puts it on the hands of Joseph, and then commands that Joseph should ride in the chariot of his second in command. And then this is interesting, verse 43 says, wherever Joseph went, the command was shouted, kneel down. So Pharaoh put Joseph in charge of all Egypt. And Pharaoh said to him, I am Pharaoh, but no one will lift a hand or foot in the entire land of Egypt without your approval. And then just to crown things um, in this very interesting story, he says, just, uh, Pharaoh gave Joseph a new Egyptian name, Zaphaneth Paneh. He also gave him a wife, Asenath, the daughter of Potiphar, the priest of On, and Joseph took charge of the entire land. He was 30 years old when he began serving in the court of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, 13 years after he'd been sold into slavery. Um, and then, you know, Joseph goes around inspecting the land, you know, doing what he'd, he'd prescribed to, to, um, to, to Pharaoh. And then verse 50, during this time, before the first of the famine years, two sons were born to Joseph and his wife, Asenath, the daughter of Potiphar, the priest of On. Joseph named his older son Manasseh, for he said, God has made me forget all my troubles and everyone in my father's family. And then Joseph named his second son Ephraim, for he said, God has made me fruitful in this land of my grief. And then after seven years, of the bumper crops and prosperity, then the famine came and all the people from all around came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph because the famine was severe throughout the land. I hope um, that's a good enough summary of chapter 41. Now, like I've said over the last two, two weeks, when we read the Bible, there are a number of things that should be going through our minds. Um, Everything in the Bible inspired by the Spirit of God, and the Bible says it's to teach us, to instruct us. So I'm asking myself, what are the lessons that God wants us to learn? What are the things that God wants, wants us to pay attention to? Um, when, when I read stories like this, particularly, I try to put myself in the person's position to, to, to say, if it was me, how would I have reacted? What would I have done? And then we must also read with the view to finding out what is what what does the bible teach us about the nature of god because we learn about god from his word so i'm reading the bible and thinking hmm, okay what is this telling me about god don't forget first we're learning what is instructing us and in this case what we want to learn is from the life story of joseph we're also learning um about god what does this tell us about god and then uh, like I said, the, the last two, two Mondays, everything in the Old Testament, the Bible says, points to Jesus in one way or the other. So for us, we're also saying, how does this tell us about Jesus or point to, point to Jesus? And then lastly, I, I didn't mention this before, is that when we read the Bible, always look for cross-references. And, and what that means is, when you read something, what, does it, what other thing does it remind you about? What other scripture comes to your mind? So with this in mind, ladies and gentlemen, let's do the declaration. Um, oh Lord, 
We are your people called by your name. We humble ourselves. We pray and we seek your face. Lord, we turn away from our wicked ways. Oh Lord, hear our cry, forgive our sins and heal our land. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We declare that our land is healed in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay, guys, so let's go for it. What does chapter 41 tell us about God? What do we learn um, about Joseph's life's experiences? What are we learning about life? Um, how do we see Jesus? And what are the cross-references? What are the scriptures that come to, to your mind? Let me start. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you some bits, and then, but please feel free to, to jump in, and then I will ask questions as well as we go along. Please feel free to ask questions as well. So what struck me, ladies and gentlemen, is that first sentence in chapter 41. It says, after two full years passed. Why did the Bible emphasize after two full years? We ended last week with a question. Remember the question that I asked is, if the butler hadn't forgotten Joseph, what would have happened? What do you, just anybody at all, just guess, any guess, your thoughts. Anybody at all? Very, very quickly. We still have to go through chapters 42, 43, and 44, so let's move quickly. Okay. Any, who's going for? Question again, sir. Okay. If butler, you know, in, end of 40, uh, chapter 40, he said to the butler, when Pharaoh lifts up your head, please remember me. But the butler forgot him. What do you think would have happened if the butler had remembered Joseph then and recommended him to Pharaoh? Anybody? God's prophecy will have been able to uh, come to pass in the, in the land of Egypt through Joseph. How? How is that? Okay, because since God has a purpose for him, and God has already, God knows that there's going to be famine in the land of Egypt, and God knows when the famine is going to start. So if Joseph was released before then, the, his destiny would have turned around to, for, to something else. He wouldn't have been able to, to do what God wants him to do. The Pharaoh wouldn't have used him to interpret the dreams because then if he's out of the prison, he would have been doing something else and nobody will remember him wherever he is at, at that point in time. Okay, well done. I just saw a comment that says he might have ended up as one of the king's servants. That, that's quite interesting. Um, I, I think um, he would have said, you know, innocent boy and all that. This is what happened to me. And, and Pharaoh might have said, oh, poor, poor boy. Okay, off you go back. And he would have gone back to, um, to Canaan to meet his family. And like Tolu said, that probably would have been the end of it. Probably. And I say probably because one thing that we must understand is that God controls our lives and circumstances. If that was God's plan for him, the chances that something else might have happened, but this is me supposing. But then the Bible now starts and says two full years passed. So I asked myself, why two more years? Anybody, why two full years? 
we've got a long way to go this evening, so let's do. Let somebody, let somebody else. Let somebody else. Yeah. Okay. Um, I believe it was just a time for him to focus on God, because he, when he told the butler, please, when you go out, remember me. He was trying to walk out his way out of prison. Yes. But it was a time, maybe the two years was just for him to draw close to God and just focus on God. Okay, I'm um, good. We'll we'll accept that. Um, to focus more on God. Okay, um, as in it says, I believe that God wanted for it to exhaust all his options and rightfully said it wasn't Joseph's time. Okay, um, Bimbalawe says God was working. Anybody, just just tell me what what do you think was happening? Why? Pastor. It yes, could also be God's timing, uh, because everything happens in God's timing, I believe. Yes, but what about what was it about God's timing? What was it? So you're right, God's timing, the time was not right, but what was it about God's timing? For the famine to happen? Yes, okay, so the famine, like Tolu said, famine was going to happen in two years, but what exactly was being worked out? Maybe God was trying to take him through the pruning stage and maybe he wasn't ready to, um, in as much as he might be able to um, interpret the dream, probably he was not at the right um, point in line to lead, um, 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 basically, that's what I think it is. Okay. All right. So, so, ladies and gentlemen, there, there are three things that I wanted us to, as was laid on my heart, yeah. Every circumstance, every situation we go through in life, believe me, God is at work in our lives. It's, you know, the Bible is very clear about that. You know, I love Jeremiah 29. Again, this is an example of cross-reference where Jesus says, I'm sorry, God says that, that I know the plans that I have for you. God knows the plans. That it's plans for good towards an expected end. Now, he was saying this to the children of Israel when they were being told they were going to go into into uh, captivity for 70 years. But it was saying to them, don't worry, you're going to captivity, but I know the plans that I have for you. I know what it is that I'm working out. God is always working out something in our lives. Bukola, I've seen that comment, very, very important. God is always working out something. And there are three things, ladies and gentlemen, that I wanted to um, put to you. Number one, God always uses circumstances in, of life to train us. Think about it. Joseph dreamt he was going to be some sort of ruler at the age of 17. He didn't have any clue what he was going to be. Suppose he hadn't gone to Egypt. Suppose 13 years later, there was a famine, and then um, the Pharaoh says, oh, I think God showed me a boy in a dream. You know, in, he's, he's, he's an Israelite. Go and call him to come and do, do this. How do you think he would have fared? For 13 years, God was training Joseph in the ways of Egypt. God was training Joseph to become a leader in Egypt. You know, all those things we read in chapters uh, 39 and 40, how he served Potiphar and all that, all that was God training him in not just service, but leadership. Have you wondered why the Bible says, um, he served Potiphar and Potiphar put him in charge of his household. He went to the prison and the prison was put him in charge of. That was training Joseph to be in charge of Egypt. But it's not just training in terms of skills. It was also training Joseph in terms of the ways of the Egyptians. Does somebody understand this? Because 
he needed to understand the way Egyptians thought and functioned, understand their culture. All that was training. What does that remind you of, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, what, what does training remind you of? Anybody quickly, quickly, what does it remind you of? I thought um, you said it, 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 it reminds me of um, Moses when and he was in. Um, abs absolutely. And, and this is the way to study the Bible. You know, so, so exactly what God did with Moses. You know, he got uh, Pharaoh's daughter to adopt him so he could learn the ways of, of Egypt. So every situation we go through, let's ask the question, what is God training me about? What is it that God is working out in me? So God trains us uh, in skills, in leadership, in relationship. The second thing, ladies and gentlemen, is that every situation we go through, God is also at work testing. Training is not the same thing as testing, yeah? Um, I'm not sure if we have time to go into that, but what was God testing in Joseph? Anybody? What was he testing? Uh, Pastor Shela, his character. Okay, thank you. What about his character? He wanted him to become matured enough for him thank to do the situation that is up front in him. Thank you so much. Very, very important. Okay. And when we end next week, I'll show you a scripture that just puts the icing on the cake on that. So God was training him for his responsibility in Egypt, but he was also testing his character. He was testing him for maturity. What else was God testing him for? Guys, just, just throw it at me. What else was God testing him for? Go on, go on, go on, quickly, quickly. We still have three chapters to go. Okay, so humility, very, very important. Very important. You will see how important. Who said patience? Jennifer, well done. Patience and self-control. God used those 13 years, ladies and gentlemen, to, to test um, uh, Joseph's character in these areas. And you'll see how important they are. What's the application to you and I? It's that, that, that God also uses the circumstances, particularly the seemingly difficult circumstances, to test us. You know, so somebody didn't mention, I thought somebody would mention because it was so significant in chapter 39. It was also testing Joseph's purity. And I think somebody mentioned self-control and it's similar because these are some of the things that, that hinder us in our work. Somebody says competence, attitude as well, very good. Um, and so the third thing, every situation, please think about this as we go through life. So God uses every situation to train, to test, and then to build, to mold character, to mold Christ-likeness, okay? So that's my initial contribution. Let's go through this very quickly. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll mention a few things as we go along. Now, if there's anything that jumped at you as you were speaking, please feel free to interrupt and let us know. But these are the things that jumped at me. So, so the Bible says that Pharaoh sent for Joseph. And I wonder why the Bible said, and Joseph quickly uh, they brought him quickly from prison after he shaved and changed his clothes. Why is the Bible telling us about shaving and changing clothes? 
Anybody? Anybody? Sorry, sorry, before you, you um, Lekman was saying Romans 8.28, and we have known that, that those loving God, all things work together for good. Absolutely. Yeah. So why, why is the Bible talking about shaving and, and changing clothes? Um, Ngozi says to be presentable. Mm, okay. He had to look presentable. Isn't it? says, well, 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 what, why did the Bible tell us about shaving? Cleanliness, mm, okay. So perhaps he looked um, very uh, rough and all that with his beard. But no, that's not the reason why. Anybody else? One more? One, anybody? Transformation. Transformation in what sense? Because he's moving from where he was previously to another realm of authority. So, so you're saying it's symbolic of the movement, the transition, okay? Um, we've heard that before, but um, the answer, Jennifer just put the answer on the chat, it's because of the Yishen culture. Now, remember I said to you that everything God was doing was training Joseph, yeah? Okay, I love, Amanda says, getting rid of the old in with the new, and all those things are applicable. But the answer is that the Egyptians were always clean-shaven. In fact, if you read commentaries, they'll say that Egyptians did not grow beards. They did not like hair. They were always very clean-shaven. Whereas Israelites, in contrast, were usually bearded men. Now, he was being called before Pharaoh. He had the sense to know that going before uh, an Egyptian, I needed to be like an Egyptian. Does somebody understand this? Yeah? Okay. So that, that struck me. And um, then the ne next thing, of course, is the, so he goes before Pharaoh and um, he says, I've had these dreams. I hear you can interpret dreams. Um, Joseph, uh, this is instructive. Joseph, the first thing he says is, is only God that can. We learn to always put God first, you know, to give God glory in whatever it is that we're going through. And then um, I love where it says when he interprets the dream and then says to Pharaoh, this is what you should do. And then Pharaoh responds and says that it is obvious that you're a man filled with the spirit of God. Okay. I was reading a commentary that struck me um, and, and I thought I'd just throw it at you and I, that when we interact with people who don't know God, do they see God in us? And, you know, for me, I just took that as a challenge. Now, for Joseph, it wasn't just because he interpreted the dreams. It was also because of the way he presented himself to, to, to Pharaoh, the wisdom that came out of his mouth in making suggestions and solutions. But the commentary that I read really challenged me that when we interact with people, that people should be able to say, you know what, we see God in you. And that comes back again to our character, what God is molding in us. Let me move quickly because we still have a few chapters. Um, so what else struck me? Um, of course, the promotion. Now, that was quite awesome, uh, ladies and gentlemen. One minute, and this is the bit we usually focus on. One minute, you were a slave and a prisoner. And then the next minute, you are promoted to become the prime minister. 
what are the odds that such things can happen to, to anybody? What are the odds? And uh, um, as I was reading this, I just felt in my spirit, God say, there's nothing that is impossible for God. There's absolutely nothing. And it's an encouragement for you and I, when we read a story like this about Joseph, don't forget where he's coming from. 17 year old, I keep repeating that, 17 year old in the pit, and then you become a slave and, and all. And then 13 years, just 13 years later, you become the prime minister of another country. There's nothing that is too difficult for God. You know what makes it mind blowing, ladies and gentlemen? I'm sure you've thought about this. What are the odds, or, or actually, let me put it another way. Joseph was a foreigner, not just a slave. He, he was not an Egyptian at all. He was a foreigner, he was a slave, and then he comes and interprets, just because he interprets a dream, he's now elevated to become ruler over a nation that is not a citizen of. I mean, those are incredible things that in normal circumstances are not possible at all. And um, I'll explain why this is very significant as we, as we go along. But um, let me finish chapter 41 very quickly. Um, oh yes, I wanted to ask a question. Um, it says when Joseph interpreted the dream and made the suggestions, verse 37, it says Joseph's suggestions were well received by Pharaoh and his officials. So Pharaoh asked his officials, can we find anyone else like this man? What do you think was going on in the minds of the officials? I'm, I'm just curious. I'm just curious. And this is how I read the Bible, I ask questions. What, what do you think was going on in the mind of the officials? Um, I think they might have thought how polite a foreigner might have been to such a... Um... Uh, at that kind of level. Hmm. Okay. So do you think they were happy with Pharaoh's choice? Uh, yes. You think they were? I, in the short term, no. Because how they would think how would um, a foreigner, not from this country, 13 years ago he was a slave. It's hmm. just human nature, the jealousy, and how he's all of a sudden become prime minister. Okay. But in the long term, I think they would have been... Okay, but, but the Bible says Joseph's suggestions were well received by Pharaoh and his officials. So, what was going on in their mind? Um, um, Pastor Shola? Yeah? I, I, I think what I think was going on, could be going on in their mind would be They've never seen a man as intelligent and God gifted like this in their life. So they were all completely shocked for someone of his age to be able to interpret such a dream and also give them the solution to what they need to do. Okay. And then what? And then what? Okay, so let me let me let me take because of time. So Joseph was interpreting the dreams and then he gave solutions. The Bible says those suggestions were well received because remember what he was suggesting to Pharaoh is that you need to appoint somebody who's going to oversee this. And what do you know that they were sitting there and they were nodding their heads because they were thinking, I think I'm the one that is suitable. As in they were thinking about themselves when Joseph was suggesting 
that Pharaoh should appoint. I'm not sure that it ever um, came into their mind that Pharaoh would appoint Joseph himself. Because, and I don't think um, Joseph was putting himself forward. He was just giving a suggestion, you know, I've interpreted your dream and this is what I think. So they must have been thinking that Pharaoh will then um, appoint one of them. So you can imagine the shock when Pharaoh turns around and says, actually, since you're the one that said this thing, then you are the man. And I say that for a reason which we'll look into in chapters 42. And 43, let's end chapter 41. Uh, two things, Pharaoh gave him a new name, Zaphonet Pania. Why did Pharaoh give Joseph a new name? Anybody? To, to sound like an Egyptian name. Anybody else, anybody else? There are 92 people on this call, so I'm hoping that um, many people can speak. Um, so he says, so he's accepted as one of them. Very, very good. Um, as prime minister to relate to the Egyptian season, very, very, very good. To make him relatable, yeah. So, and I saw a comment earlier that says, just um, Pharaoh's a wise man. He certainly must have been a wise man. So he appoints this foreigner to be ruler of, um, of, of Egypt. He probably would have discerned that his advisors were disappointed because they were thinking he would choose one of them. One of the things he does is he gives him a new name to make him more acceptable, make him be more like an Egyptian. Um, and then um, he gives him a wife. Um, why did he give him a wife? Why didn't he leave um, Joseph to go and find his wife at some point? Somebody says, is the reward? Hmm, okay, yes. Anybody else? Anybody? Why did he give him a wife? Become a citizen. Sorry? Because he wanted him to become a citizen. Very, very, very good. Thank you. Anybody else? What else? You see, because not only, so it was a reward, he wanted him to be a citizen, but think about it. He gave him uh, Asenath, who was the daughter of the priest of On. This is the high priest. Why did he give him? I love this. It says, somebody said to tie him down. <laughs> so why did he give him a wife? Yeah. He also, apart from integrating him into society, he gave him somebody of high status that people would respect. So it was more like marrying into royalty, some, as in being part of them, high up there. Okay. And then, um, and then the last thing, before we now very quickly dash to the other chapters, he had two sons, Manasseh, meaning God has made me forget all my troubles and everyone in my father's house. Very instructive because it gives us a picture into, uh, 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 what's it, a peek into Joseph's mind. God has made me forget all my troubles. So he acknowledges that the last 13 years have been quite troublesome. And um, Ephraim, God has made me fruitful in the land of my grief. Again, acknowledging that it's been everything but grief throughout this period of his 13 years. And um, yeah, so let's go. Okay, there was something that I wanted to bring out that which is quite important um, because at the end of Genesis chapter 41, when the famine was severe, the Bible says that they came to Pharaoh and Pharaoh said, go to Joseph. 
And I, if somebody just puts that at the back of their minds, when we talk towards in the last um, five, 10 minutes, and then I'm, I'm sure it will paint a picture. So very quickly, chapters 42, 43, and 44. Let me just do very quick summary. So the famine is very severe and it hits all the areas around in Egypt. Um, the guys in Israel, Jacob and his sons, they're hit by the famine and Jacob orders his sons to go to Egypt to go and buy food. Uh, mind you, this is now 20 years after the brothers had sold Joseph into slavery because 13 years being a slave, then the first seven years of the famine, of the, of the, uh, of the prosperity, I beg your pardon, that's 20 years. When the famine came, it was after 20 years. So this is 20 years after Jacob sends his, uh, his uh, sons to Egypt to go and buy food. But guess what? He leaves Benjamin behind. And I'd love for someone to comment on that very quickly, but let me just go on so we, I paraphrase. So they came to Joseph, and the Bible says in verse 6 of chapter 42, they bowed before him. What was happening? Fulfillment of prophecy. And the, uh, Joseph pretends to be a stranger. He speaks harshly to them. Um, he remembers his dreams. He speaks harshly to them. Um, he doesn't reveal himself to his brothers at that point in time. And then he accuses them of being spies. And they say, no, no, we're not spies and all that. He says, I don't believe you. And then he throws them in prison. I'm going to keep asking the questions. Just think about them. Yeah. Um, why did he throw them in prison? And he kept them in prison for three days. Anyway, um, after three days, he brings them out of prison. I love this statement in verse 18. He says, I'm a God-fearing man. So he, instead of keeping all of them in prison, because what he had said before was, um, I'll keep all of you. One person goes back and bring your brother back if your, your story is true that you're not, a, you're not spies. He then brings them out and keeps Simeon, lets the other, uh, the other nine brothers go home. Second question or third question, why Simeon? And then as they were going, he'd instructed his, uh, his, um, the head of the household to return their money in their pouches. So on the way, they discover money. They're terrified, wondering what's going on. They get back to, um, to uh, um, Hebron, where they're staying, told their father the story. The rest of them bring out their, their, their sacks of grain. They find their money there. By this time, they're wondering what in heck is going on. And um, uh, in verse chapter 42, uh, there's a verse there that says that when they were talking amongst themselves, when Joseph was speaking harshly to them, they start to say to themselves that this is God punishing us. They start to remember the things they did to Joseph 20 years before. And they're speaking in Hebrew, but not knowing that the man in front of them understands their language. And then Joseph hearing goes and he weeps, if you note that. And then that's when he then sends them away. I ask you the question, why Simeon? And then why did he put the money in their sacks? That's chapter 42. When they get back, um, Jacob, their father, is distressed. 
because he's thinking, I lost one son before. Now you tell me that Simeon is being kept behind. What's going on? They tell him that the guy says, don't come back here unless you bring Benjamin. I says, absolutely no way. Am I going to let Benjamin go? Chapter 43. And um, again, quick paraphrase. When they had finished all the food they had, they had no choice but to go back. So this time, Jacob agrees for them to go back with, with, um, with Benjamin quite reluctantly. Judah steps forward. And please note, I'm emphasizing the things that I'd love for us to, to just talk about very quickly. Judah steps forward and takes responsibility for Benjamin. Prior to that, Reuben had said, you know, trust the boy with me. Jacob refused. I wonder why. But when Judah steps forward to say, I will take responsibility, uh, and then Jacob agrees. So they go and they arrive back in Joseph's palace. This is still chapter 43. And then when they come in and he sees Benjamin, he says to his servant to tell them, they will eat with me tonight. When they heard that they're going to be going to Joseph's palace, they're terrified again, wondering what is God doing to them? What is happening? And um, I love this bit. They come to Joseph's place and Joseph feeds them. If you read the Bible, it says that Joseph sat by himself then the brothers sat separately. It's interesting that he actually sat them in order of their ages. And then the other Egyptian officials and servants sat separately as well. And then he gave Benjamin five times the portion of the other brothers. What is going on? And then chapter 44, when they are about to go back, he puts the money back in their packs again. This time, he tells his servant to hide his silver cup in Benjamin's bag. On the way, they chase after them and accuse them of stealing Joseph's cup. The brothers are very vehement in, in their denial that absolutely not. You know, we couldn't do any such thing. And then um, the, the servant searches them, finds the cup in Benjamin's, in Benjamin's bag. By this time, they really are convinced that God is punishing them. If you look at verse 16 of chapter 44, he said, God is punishing us for our sins. What is happening, ladies and gentlemen? And then they now get back to Joseph, and Joseph says, how could you do such a thing after showing you hospitality and welcoming you and da-da-da? For your sins, I'm going to keep because... Um, he says to them that I'm going to hold Benjamin hostage. You guys can go back. And then Judah starts to plead on behalf of Benjamin. I've paraphrased because it's a long read, but I trust that you've all read this. But in the 15 minutes that we have, can we just go through some of the important things very quickly? very quickly. So what was the first question that I asked? Um, why did Jacob not send Benjamin along with them the first time? Anyone? Because he had lost his first youngest son. Okay. 
and well, you didn't want to lose Benjamin. You didn't want to lose him um, in the second time, and okay. also because he might not have trusted. Uh, Thank you. The uh, the brothers again. Okay, so I I saw I saw uh, I think this is Femi, and then I've just seen a, uh, a message here from Ola. He says he didn't trust the boys after the loss of Joseph. Absolutely true, because the last time that he knew when Joseph disappeared, it, it was when he sent Joseph to meet the boys. And then they came back with this story. So he's thinking, this one that is my last child, I can't trust him with you. But what else is going on, ladies and gentlemen, please, very quickly? What else is going on? <clears throat> so somebody says, wasn't Joseph and Benjamin, weren't Joseph and Benjamin from the same mother? Absolutely, yes. Joseph and Benjamin were the children of Rachel. Remember? Rachel was his favorite wife, remember? And it was because of Rachel that Joseph, then Joseph was the only child from, from um, um, so, sorry, initially Joseph was the only child from Rachel. And the Bible says that he favored Joseph. So what is going on, ladies and gentlemen? What is going on? Yeah? So he didn't want to lose... Joseph and um, Benjamin, but what is going on is exactly the same thing that he did at the beginning. He kept flaunting his favoritism of Joseph to the other brothers, and he was doing exactly the same now. Incidentally, I did some calculations. Um, I was going to ask you, but time doesn't permit. But can anybody just guess how old do you think Benjamin was at this point? Just guess, just guess. How old do you think Benjamin was? Eleven. No, 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 no. Joseph had been in prison for 20, sorry, been in prison 13 years. This was seven years later. This is, so it's now 20. Yeah. So how old was, this, was Benjamin? 17. Hmm? Anybody 17? Okay. By my calculations, I think... Um, Benjamin by now was 20, sorry, um, uh, Joseph was 10 years older than Benjamin, okay? If you read Genesis 33 up to 35, you'll understand why. Because Benjamin was born when they had left uh, Padan Aram, where Uncle Laban was. They were on their way back. They'd even left Shechem, Yeah. Ben, um, jo Joseph was, well, let me just say this very quickly. So um, Joseph was born after 14 years of him laboring for Laban, yeah? So Reuben was roughly about 14 years older than, than Joseph. Joseph was the last born then. After Joseph was born, they spent another six years. Remember, he worked for Laban another six years before he left. So um, that's six years from when Joseph was born. And then if you calculate from when he left uh, Uncle Laban, they journeyed through Shechem and, and all of that, it's at least another three to four years before Rachel gave birth. So roughly, um, Benjamin was like 10 years younger than Joseph. Yeah. So if Joseph at this point is 37, then Benjamin would have been 27, at least roughly. Yeah. So I'm thinking... 
27-year-old boy, he's not a child. He's not like the 17-year-old boy that you sent. So why did you not let him go with his brothers? Why? Yeah? Doc, I think um, it will, Benjamin will have been the last person, assuming that Joseph has died. So Benjamin will have been the only thing to link him up with Rachel, his first love. Very, so very, very good. Very good. Very good. But I, I, I think the, the, the point that I wanted to make was that he was also clearly showing to his brothers that this was my favorite. You know, the same problem we had before at the beginning. So it's clearly saying to all of them that you guys, you can go to, you can go to Egypt, but this one, this was my favorite. And like you just said now, um, this is, you know, the, the child of my old age. Okay. Um, second question. Somebody actually asked the question, how come they did not go back for Simeon immediately? When they came back and heard that Simeon was in, in, uh, held back and that he would only be released if Benjamin came back, how come they did not go back immediately? The Bible says that after a while when the food ran out, how long did it take for the food to run out? At least a few months, at least. How come they did not go back immediately to get Simeon? Anybody? It's, it's very obvious, isn't it? It's obvious that, again, uh, Jacob was saying, you know what? I can't trade Benjamin for Simeon. Just leave Simeon there. You know? And again, this is the favoritism that, 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 that uh, Jacob was showing um, let me go on very quickly because I want us to end with how do we see Jesus? Um, what was the other question that I asked? Um, okay, so um, why did, why did, why did uh, Joseph choose Simeon out of the other brothers? Why do you think? Just guess. The Bible doesn't tell us, but guess. Okay, somebody said Simeon was the gang leader that wanted Joseph's head when they were young. How do you know that, Ola? How do you know Simeon was the gang leader? Anybody? Anybody? Why, why did he choose Simeon? Yeah? He was the closest to Joseph. Mm, do you think so, Kwab? Okay. No, no, Simeon was not the one that wanted to release him from the pit. It was Reuben that wanted to, re um, to release him from the pit. So this is Simeon. Okay, um, my commentaries that I read said that, um, remember, Simeon was known for his fierce anger. Himself and Levi were the ones, uh, Genesis 34, is it 34, 35, um, that went and destroyed all the men of Shechem just because Hamor, raped their sister. Dinah was their blood sister. It was blood sister to Reuben, Judah, um, Simeon, and Levi. So out of anger, they went and destroyed a whole uh, tribe of men. So he was known for his anger. And my commentary um, was saying, was suggesting, because the Bible doesn't tell us, that he probably was maybe one of Joseph's uh, greatest antagonists in, in their jealousy and whatever and all that. But it's, it's just a speculation. But it's interesting that he chose Simeon. And then um, 
why did why did he put the money in their backpack when they were going back? Why do you think? Okay, um, somebody says I think Simeon was the one who instigated the killing uh, killing Joseph to his brothers. It's possible. We we don't know for certain. Uh, I think because I think I think because they want he uh, Joseph wanted to have some sort of tie to be able to have them come back to him. Otherwise, what would be what would be the reason to 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 be able to get them to to come back or or have to to call them back to uh, to his palace? It's to have a tie to be able to bring them back. He didn't want to lose them again. Okay, all right. So that's interesting. Anybody else? We have. Let me let's just do Is it one quick minute. Is it, yeah, to, Femi. is it to symbolize the, the amount they sold Joseph for? No. So the answer, ladies and gentlemen, is that Joseph now sees his brothers 20 years down the line. Remember, all these memories come flooding back. And they themselves now confess some of the things he did not know. They were saying to themselves in Hebrew. Now, Joseph is thinking, I'm not sure whether these guys are the same brothers that I left 20 years ago. So all those things were testing their own character. The same way that God tested Joseph's character is the same way that Joseph was testing their character to see whether these boys or these men, because uh, I reckon Reuben will be about 50 by now. Um, these men, are they the same wicked, evil, dishonest people that I knew 20 years ago? Or have they changed? And, you know, if you read through, we, we kind of run out of time, but if you read through, um, you'll see the, 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 the various tests that, um, that uh, Joseph did. Um, yeah, so many things to look at, ladies and gentlemen, but it's, this is just to highlight the way we should read the Bible. Ask yourself questions, you know, just say, what is God teaching me? What, why this? Why that? What should I learn? And remember, put yourself in those shoes. If you were Joseph, how would you have reacted or conducted yourself in the 20 years? If you were Reuben or Judah or whatever, for, for example, how would you feel having sold your brother to slavery? But let me end um, with our famous Jesus. So how do we see Jesus in this? I have got 10 things here. Very quickly, can someone tell me chapters 41, 42, 43, and 44? How do you see Jesus in this story? Love. What love? Tell me, tell me, go on. What, what, what love? Or in what way, sorry? Okay, uh, forgiveness. So those of you that are writing in chats, um, I love your responses, but you need to explain. So you might have to speak. So I love forgiveness. In what way? Um, because we need to understand how you came up with, with. Um, uh, so forgiveness. Forgiveness in the sense that Joseph forgave his brother in the end. Okay, we haven't gotten to that yet, though. Um, so that will be chapters 45 to uh, 50. But yes, forgiveness. Anybody else? Um, I've seen two deliverers. So people 
two people wrote Deliverer. Um, in what way? Kwabena. In what way, Kwabena? In that basically he, um, he saved them from virtual death from the famine because he had food for them. Fantastic. Thank you very much. That, that, that's one of the reasons, that's one of the um, uh, big um, themes in terms of comparing Joseph with Jesus. I love this one. It says, Jesus was about the same age as Joseph when he started his ministry. That is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Okay. Anybody else? In me. Um, Abimbola, you said savior. In what way? Kwabena has already said it. Okay. All right. So. Okay. Anybody else? How do we see Jesus in this story? Apologies, it's a lot of chapters, so I've just picked on little bits, but there's so much more to, to look at. Um, and maybe if I have a minute, I'll just summarize some of my thoughts. So Jesus, anybody else? Um, okay, we've got Deliverer. Um, even before we thought we needed him, God already had a plan. Before they needed food, God had prepared Joseph. Fantastic. Okay. Um, let me do mine, and then if you have any, just, just throw at me. So... You remember I said that God uses our circumstances to train us, yeah? So Joseph was trained in those 13 years. It's interesting, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus, you know, we talk about it all the time. Jesus was savior. He could have just dropped from heaven at the age of 30 and then at 33, three years later, just gone to the cross. But why was he born as a child, as a human being? It was to, the Bible says, to I paraphrase, to learn our ways. He went through the things we go through as human beings so that he could qualify as the perfect sacrifice. So in the same way that Joseph was trained so that he could take up his position and do what God appointed him to, is the same way that Jesus had to learn what it was like to be a man. Yeah. So we talked about this last week. So Joseph was innocent, but he suffered patiently. Jesus was innocent. He suffered patiently. Um, I love this, ladies and gentlemen, when he was dropped in my spirit. Joseph was given a new name. What happened to Jesus? Jesus was given a name. He was given a name above every other name. Philippians 2, 9, 11. Um, the, 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 his brethren, his brothers bowed before Joseph in the same way the Bible says again in Philippians 2 that every knee will bow before Jesus. Um, um, can, the, the, the last bits that really, really struck me um, is how Judah took responsibility for the plight of Benjamin. He said to Jacob, I will take responsibility for the boy. You know, send the boy with me. I will take responsibility. And you know what crossed my mind? It's the same way that Jesus said in heaven to the heavenly court, you know what? I will go. I will go and take responsibility for their sins. And then when uh, Joseph accused uh, Benjamin and said he was going to keep Benjamin and that they should go, then Judah intercedes on behalf of Benjamin. You read, read the last few verses of chapter 44. Brilliant intercession. You know, J Judah was making a case for, 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 um, for Benjamin in the same way that 
Jesus, the Bible tells us, intercedes for us. And then Judah said to Joseph, he said, take me instead of the boy. Release the boy and you can have me instead. And I'm sure you know what that refers to is the same way Jesus was substituted for us. Uh, John 15, 13, uh, no greater love is this that a man should give himself for his friends. And uh, the last thing, Judah gives a surety. Um, he says to, 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 to Joseph, take me as surety. And that reminded me of, um, you remember what we learned from Pastor Badge when we were looking through the book of Ruth, the Kingsman Redeemer. It was, it was like, you know, take me instead in the same way that Jesus became our surety, our redeemer. And I could go on and on, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just mindful of time. There's another thing that I wrote here um, that I said struck me. Um, in, the, in the end of chapter 41, when they came to um, Pharaoh and they were crying to Pharaoh because they were starving and they were in need. And Pharaoh said, go to Joseph. It's the same way that when we cry to God, we have to go through Jesus to God. I, I, I could go on and on, ladies and gentlemen. But yeah, um, very interesting stories. I, I hope that you're able to pick this and probably more. Maybe you might want to go back and, um, and, and look at the stories. But for next week, I'd like us to please prepare for the last two. Let's try and finish Joseph next week. It's five verses. But there's some key things that I'd like us to discuss next week as we bring this to an end, the, the study of Joseph. But let me just end with this overarching themes, ladies and gentlemen. I've said it before. Anytime we go through circumstances in life, ask yourself the question, what is God training me about? What is it testing? God will test our obedience. God will test our faith. God will test our character. Um, then the second overarching theme, no matter what happens, your life and your destiny, they're not in the hands of men. They're in the hands of God. Yeah. Um, there was a question I asked last week when we looked at chapter 39 and I said, um, the Bible says God was with Joseph. God was with Joseph. And I asked the question, how do we know that God is, Joseph, is with Joseph? Now, I asked the question here. The question is, when is God with us? Can anybody quickly say that? Um, when is God with us? Just very quickly, I, I want us to end. When is God with us? Everything. In everything we go through. All the time. Okay. okay. God is with us all the time. Everybody agrees? Yeah? yeah? Everybody agrees? God is with us all the time. Everybody agrees? Yeah? Yeah? But is it all the time we know that God is with us? is it all the time we recognize that god is with us you know you guys are saying all the time all the time now but is it all the time that we know that god is with us when people seem that i don't think they know that god is with them okay yeah that's true I, yeah. I feel yeah yeah no that's that's correct yeah is it all the time we know god is with us so this is my last question how come ladies and gentlemen in chapters 39 and 40, 
the Bible repeated at least three times, maybe four times that God was with Joseph. God was with Joseph. But from chapter 41 to 44 that we just read, there's no mention of God with Joseph. How come? How come? There are times when God is with us, he wants us to achieve something. And there are times God wants us to go through a journey of our own so for us to see life in a different dimension so that if we run into trouble, then we'll know who to refer to. Okay. I, I like so, that, Tulu. I wish you had simplified it. My, I'm not that intelligent. But um, so, so, ladies and gentlemen, because of time, God is with us all the time. He's with us all the time. The challenge is that we don't sense God. I, uh, somebody put there, we're not as sensitive to God's presence. Guess what? It is in our most difficult times that God wants to recognize his presence so that we can hold on to him. When things are hunky-dory, you know, the, the, the Bible didn't need to say God was with Joseph because things are, are hunky-dory. But God wants us, it's in our darkest moments, our most difficult moments, that God wants us to be even more sensitive about his presence. Guess what? We do the opposite. It's in our dark moments that we start to say, where's God? Why am I going through this? Because we think God is not with us because we're going through challenges. But ladies and gentlemen, God is with us all the time. And I think I should end on that note. Yes, I'll end on that note. Well, thank you very much. Um, we've overrun by 10 minutes. I apologize. But Next week, let's try and end. Please read chapters 45 to 50. Yes, 45 to 50. And then we'll end this journey about Joseph and go on to something else. Okay? Thank you very much, guys. God bless you. Have a wonderful the rest of uh, uh, Bank Holiday. Thank, Thank you, Pastor. You know, you know what, guys? You know what, guys? You know what, guys? I won't bother paraphrasing 45 to 50 next week. So please read so that we can save time. Yeah? So please read. Okay. 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 God, bless. God bless everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.